Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unconventional OT. This is a podcast run by two OTD students who are dedicated to advocacy. On this podcast, we will interview OTs who are bringing innovation to life, overcoming barriers, and practicing in non-traditional areas. This podcast is intended to be used as a complimentary tool for the website unconventionalot.com. The website provides resources and guidance to help reduce some of the preparatory work required for beginning to practice in non-traditional areas. Both the podcast and the website are components of a capstone project and will continue to be developed over time. The views of this podcast should be considered our own and are intended for educational purposes only. At times, this podcast may discuss topics that are not appropriate for children, so listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Jess. Thanks for tuning in to Unconventional OT. Today we'll be discussing the use of group drumming in occupational therapy with George Ochoa, an occupational therapist from San Antonio, Texas. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I am currently creating and running a pediatric therapeutic group drumming program to complete my OT doctorate degree. Thank you for joining us, George, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. So George is an occupational therapist who utilizes group drumming. He's the founder of Tambo Rhythms, which he describes as a company dedicated to promoting functional living through rhythmic expression, regardless of age or previous musical experience. George, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background? Yes. Well, um, I'm originally from Panama. And so you could say that my uh, officially started with um, drumming in the um, high school band. I was playing the big bass drum during that time. And so um, then I went from that, I went into playing um, the um, drum set at the age of 19. I was more of a drum set player before I got into more of the hand percussion and so forth. I uh, started out, before an OT, I started out as a surgical technologist where I worked in the operating rooms, assisting surgeons. Okay. After doing that for about seven, eight years, I decided I wanted to go back to school to get uh, a, a, uh, a degree. So that's when I started, um, I, pers- I started to pursue the field of OT. And so um I became an OT in in the year 2000, and um, I would say all of most, or or if not all of my time has been with pediatrics, and I currently work um, full-time as a a school-based OT, and Tambor Rhythms is my side business. So how did you get the idea to add drumming to your OT practice? Okay, so I my the previous school district I worked in, um, at the time I was looking up, I was on the in, internet and I looked up. Uh, I was just just start starting to search things with music and drumming, and then I happened to come across the whole world of hand drumming by accident, really, and I really got intrigued by it um, because of the fact that you could get people together who were not mu- musicians 
and you could get them t- together to just have a good time and, mu- and music and to connect. And I really found that, um, um, I thought that that was something that was really neat because again, you could get people together who were not trained as mu- as musicians. So then I found a program <clears throat> at the time and it's called the Rhythmic Arts Project. And that program, um, Oh, has been used with those with spe- special needs. So, and as a school-based o- OT, that's the population that I work with, age, um, ages three through 21, and that are in special ed. So um, I found the program called TRAP, and I, I well, the, the Rhythmic Arts Part Project, which I, um, you, also known as TRAP. And so I really liked... Um, the uh, idea behind it, um, uh, um, you can teach the kids how, you know, playing their names, counting, um, doing solos, um, um, as well as playing shapes, uh, and just the whole idea of them uh, being able to connect and have a good time. So I asked my special ed director at the time if she would not mind buying me the program that I could use. And she agreed. And so she bought me the the curriculum along with 10 drums. And so that's how I started um, with the kids that were in special ed. I would go go around to the classrooms and um, more in the life skills rooms and play with them. and so that's how that began to form and and how I began to really learn more about, you know, try, how to incorporate the drumming with those with special needs. Yeah. And then I also found a program uh, online called Health Rhythms. And Health Rhythms um, is a research-based program that by um, Remo Drum Company. And I <clears throat> really liked it because of the science that was behind it. Because um, with health, the, uh, the evidence behind it showed a reduced stress and bur- burnout, as well as improved mood and strengthened immune system. So I really liked that because of the science behind it. And so um, in November of uh, 2000, and that it, it was around the, uh, the end of October, November 2008, then I went and I became a uh, trained in health rhythms so that I could facilitate that as well. So that's that's kind of how the journey started in, in 2008. Um, and then um, in December of 2008 is when I formally started tam- Tambo Rhythms. Wow, I really liked how you were already working in the school system and then you found a way to work with other professionals at the school to start incorporating, you know, a new program, a new approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, you just kept seeking out more educational opportunities in order to build your skill set. So now that you have such a good skill set and you have some experience with it, now even your own company, have you expanded to other populations or in other contexts, you know, like within the community or with um, older adults? Have you explored any of that yet? Yes. When I, well, when I first started, I did um, do some work with assisted li- living uh, community drum cir- circles at a um, m- music store here in town. 
and also um, other other companies that um, work with those with special needs. So, um, and I have worked with early childhood centers as well as in, uh, the, those kids that are in Head, head Start. You know, mm-hmm. so I've I've worked with them as as well. So I've I've worked with um, both the the young and old older pop population as well. Yeah, I found that drumming can be therapeutic for all ages, and even for myself. Just mm-hmm. like when I drum with the kids that I drum with, like even I feel better. Yes. So, what benefits do you tend to see from group drumming in your participants, and are there specific populations that you feel benefit the most? Well, I I would say that I probably that I specialize mostly. Um, I do a lot of work, of course, with those with special needs. I work with um, two. I know right now because of the co- the COVID um, deal we have right now, things have changed with the dr- drumming a lot. You know, I'm doing ev- everything through Zoom, but um, I have I usually work with two organizations that um that they support those with with uh, special needs and so i work with them every month as well as i um also i do a community drum circle um at uh this uh, place called the uh, the ecumenical center for um education counseling and health you know so where and that particular one is uh for anyone, every everyone of all ages. So you could, you know, the children can come, the parents could could come, and so and so forth. So, um, but again, some some of the, some of the drumming has been put on hold because of what we're dealing with right now. But um, when it comes to what um, drumming I have seen or been told, I just think that uh, dr- drumming has been, as an occupational therapist, has been. Um, I would honestly have to say the most functional thing that I've done. Um, and just hearing the feedback from either the educators or the parents or the participants, I think that um, um, it's just been a, a, a just great way that I've, I've been blessed in order to help help them. And I think the best way for me to answer that uh, is to just kind of let let you know what others have said about it. You know, um, like for instance, um, there's a fr- friend of mine who is uh, she was going through cancer treatments and the drumming. Um, she said soothes, calms, and 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 also energizes her, and she feels great. So um, that's some somebody else has said that um, that it. it uh, with one of the classes that I do, which is called um, tam- Tambo Function Drumming, um, she said that it helped her son to follow d- directions and pay atten- attention. And it also helped him um, to be less sensitive to sounds as well. So even the drumming can help to to uh, assist some of some that might be oversensitive to, um, to, to sound. I remember one time when I was drumming in a classroom. Um, and so after the session, well, one of the kids came up and he gave me a hug. And um, I never really thought much about it, but the teacher was very happy and surprised because she did, 
she came to me and she said, uh, you don't know what just occurred. And I was like, why? And she said um, that um, he, uh, that this particular child uh, was very, was standoffish towards, um, towards men and that he also has autism and he came to me and he was the one who, who hugged me. And so she was shocked that um, he came and he hugged, hugged the man. So you can see how the drumming kind of like op- opened, uh, like uh, broke that wall, wall down where, uh, where it allowed a child here with autism to come and, act- and actually come and hu- hug me. So I was like, wow, that to me was a b- big deal. There was another time when um, I was, uh, I had my class and um, a sibling was bringing his, his um, younger sibling who had autism as well. And at the end of the six weeks, I would ask, um, I would ask the group, you know, how the drumming helped their loved ones or their child. And the brother said that he felt that, that the group drumming helped his brother with autism be less socially autistic awkward so as you as you can see i mean and 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 those are just some of the um some of the feed feedback that i have have received i have jumped with also with those that do have um mental Ill, illness um and um and they 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 have felt that um that the drum has been therapeutic for for them as as well you know, so it really has been um, great to be able to um, incorporate it and to see how it works across different groups. You know, it's it's not just for one type type of group. I mean, it could be for anybody. When I was doing my community drum circle, um, one of the uh, the par- the participants had said that the session was so therapeutic uh, um, as she was uh, grieving the loss of her husband. And so she found that the drumming and what we talked about during the drumming um, helped her to deal with that as well. So as you can see, it, it really is, is, can do wonders for, for a lot of folks. And I, and I know that drumming isn't for everybody, you know, but um, it really, really has, um, I, I think, done, done great, great things. Yeah, I mean, I'm really just wow. I I love hearing you share the feedback from the people that you've worked with, because really, as therapists, that's what it's all about, right? You know, it's not so much just about what the research shows us that people can benefit um, from by receiving services. It's really about those personal experiences and what people are coming out um, from the experience with. And so thank you for sharing that with us. I, I think that's very valuable. And you know, meaningful. It should uh, give you a lot of reassurance as a therapist to receive um, feedback like that from your clients yeah. and that knowing that, hey, you know, I am making a difference and here, you know, I'm making connections with people in a way that doesn't necessarily feel as medical. You know, right. I mean, I, exactly. love that. I love kind of taking some more medical aspect of it and just making it enjoyable, but while right. also still, you know, impacting your clients at the same time. Yes, yes. Yeah. So 
you know, how do you actively incorporate occupational therapy concepts into your group drumming? Like, for example, are you looking at aspects like pressure modulation, pacing, um, you know, upper extremity control? You know, do you intentionally uh, try to address those factors for individuals? Well, the focus of what I do is health and wellness and working on social emotional skill development with the kids. But Mm -hmm. um, you can see, you also can work on some OT concepts without it uh, being obvious or you trying to make it into a therapy session, you know? Like for instance, uh, when you work on trying, when I, one of the activities that I do to work on on pre- pressure is I might say, okay, we're, we're going to play, um, we're, we're going to play so, uh, soft and loud. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and also when it comes to, to um, for them to pace, they can work on slow and fast. And that really has to do with the kids with self self-regulation. So being able to work on impulse c- control. Um, one of the things that I, uh, one activity that I do is that uh, uh, there, there are times when e- even if I have enough drums, I will give half the kids drums and half, half the kids sh- shakers. And if time, time allows, what I like to do is halfway during the se- session, I, I make them switch. Um, and so what that does is that helps them to work on their turn-taking and sharing skills. Also, during the time that we play, I might say, okay, only the shakers play, um, and then only the drums play, only the boys play, or just the girls play. So again, they're taking turns. You know, it, the whole thing is is a social and interactive, uh, you know, um, um, group. So... Um, where they all feel like they they belong because they're part of something and they're actively engaged, uh, we, which is why I really like like it. I, I always like like to say there there are no passive participants in the drum circle. You know, I like mm-hmm. I, I like everyone to be. I don't care if you're just holding a shaker. You know, I just like everyone to feel comfortable and to be involved. Um, up upper extremity c- control again. I'm not always looking exactly at that. Um, but one of the things that can be, be done is that if you have um, certain drums and certain type, and with the shakers, you can play uh, high and low. You know, you can raise your arms and you can play your, your shakers high. And of course, doing that, you know, that helps to build on the sh- shoulder uh, because, you know, if you, raise your, your um, arms above your head, you know, you have to, what is it that we have to fight when we, um, if that's even the, the right term, but what, what do we have to go against whenever we lift our arms uh, above our head? Gravity. Exactly, Gravity. <laughs> exactly. So in doing that, that, that also can help them with their, um, the, the control they're starting. Of course, we know that you need to have shoulders st- st- uh, st- uh, st- a stability in order to have fine motor control. You can also work on midline by using my favorite drum for that, 
would be with the bongos, you know, the, the, the two drums that are attached, you know, the two small drums that are attached. And you could work on min midline by having them cross their hands as they play. So, you know, and again, I'm not always looking for those skills, um, but those skills can be addressed with the drumming. I, I really, um, when I work with kids and, and those with special needs, I'm looking a lot at more of the social emotional aspect of it. So quick question, when it comes to implementing the group, do you find that your participants, you know, tend to catch on independently or are you having to kind of stop and pause and help uh, some of them keep up or to, you know, initiate um, participation in the group? Yeah, and that really de de depends on the, the severity of the special need that they have. Um, right. Some of us, you sure. know, sometimes sometimes I may need to start um, uh, a, a stop, and then we start start again. I, I stop the whole thing, and then we just start over over again. I I um, I try to give as many cues as, as I can, and but for the most part, um, the populations that populations that I have worked with have done well. Um, I and they follow. The directions, they are engaged, they're smiling, they're having a good, a good time. So um, yeah, but there, there are times where I may need, I may need to stop and that we just have to refocus, refocus ourselves and, and um, start, start again. And then it, it, it works out fine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I can imagine that, you know, with doing music, it's, it's a little more motivating, right? It's active movement. It's fun. You know, there's a group of people. So I was just wondering, you know, how motivation really played into it and just, you know, if it was a lot of stop and go, or if you're able to kind of flow through a session with them. So thank you for sharing yes. that with us. Yes. Yeah. So I know I've been doing um, a lot of drumming groups at camps and stuff, and it really just depends on the group, how much like instruction they're going to need and how much encouragement. Cause as you said, drumming's not for everybody. So there's always like the one kid who's not interested and we have mm -hmm. to pull them in with something that motivates them. Right. Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> so right. kind of going off of that, I know a question that I get a lot from people is what sets my drumming program apart from music therapy or I'll be at a site and they'll be like, oh, the music therapist is here. Right. Um, do you ever get asked this question and how do you respond? Yeah, so I, um, so believe it or not, I do not, I have, I've actually, actually have been very supported by uh, other, other music therapists. Um, I don't really get asked that question a lot, which is, I know is weird, uh, but I do get at, you know, I might be called a music therapist. So yes, so I'm, I might get that state statement. And I say, no, I, I'm, I'm not a music therapist. I'm an OT uh, that I, I, but I, I use music as an, in, as an intervention. Now, one of the, now when, if, if the conversation gets deeper than that, you know, the way that I, I would explain it and the way that I have also on my web website is that um, my goal is to get the participants involved in occupations. So, you know, so I, I could throw that, that word in there because that word really, that belongs to us. So 
I say, you know, the uh, occupations that I look at are play, um, of course, not just for kids, plays for us as well. Play, social participation, um, and within the realm of um, um, IAADLs, you know, there's health management and maintenance as well, because uh, drumming is such an active activity. Uh, and also that drumming can also help with um, supporting the occupations of, of rest and sleep, if you think about it, because if if you do not have a, if, we, if we do not have a way to manage our stress and to learn to relax, that's going to affect how we rest and sleep. So even drumming can help us in you know with the rest and the sleep. So I try to bring it all back to how the occupations that OT support, how is the music supporting that? You know, so that's more or, or less the, um, the stand, uh, the, the framework, the view that I come, I come from, you know. Uh, but I don't really find that I have to defend my, myself a lot, you know. Um, but if, if and when I need to e explain it, then that's how, that's the route that I, I take. And then, of course, you know, if we want to get into a, a deeper aspect of it, then we can get into how um, the drumming can also affect the, um, um, it's, a, it's a very multi-sensory technique, as you all know, you know, you've got the auditory involved, you've got the tactile involved, you've got the vestibular, the, pro, the pro proprioception involved, you know, so it's a very multi-sensory engaging te technique. You could talk about the performance skills that are involved there as well. So, you know, but those conversations going into that depth really don't occur, you know, and I really haven't had any, any, any backlash from music therapists at all. Um, I've been supported by the ones that I've, I have worked with, as a matter of fact, that one of the my the first school district that I worked um, that I started this in, uh, uh, a the music therapist and I, we would act, actually work together, and go into the classrooms and do and do this, you know. So, uh, so let's just say you know I I try to stay in my in my lane, and I am com confident in what I say regarding the occupations that I am uh, trying to address with the music. Well, I'm happy to hear that because, you know, as OTs, our field is so broad and true. there's yeah, so true. many other areas of rehab and other specialties that kind of overlap with things that we're also capable of doing. So, exactly. you exactly. know, I'm really glad that your experience has been positive. And I think for the most part, um, you know, OTs do have uh, good relationships with other professionals, but when it comes into unconventional areas, it can be exceptionally challenging to kind it of can be. Um, it can assert be. your role and, and, and explain to where, you know, like I'm here, we can work together, but I right. also kind of have different goals that I'm working on while you have yours and we both have something to offer. So I'm just, I'm happy to hear that that's been a positive experience for you so far. Yeah. 
And I think that makes a huge difference for occupational therapists, you know, wanting to branch out and do something because Mm -hmm. not everyone is comfortable with saying, you know, I want to do something very similar to you, you know, and this Mm -hmm. is what makes me special and this is what makes you special, but we can both kind of do it, you know? So I think that, you know, good on the music therapist for supporting you as well, because, um, you know, I don't think... OTs and unconventional areas ever want to replace others. We only want to add to it and contribute mm-hmm. our unique perspective. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So in following up with that, you know, you mentioned a little bit about how you got started in the school system by working together with the special education director, but how did you kind of get involved in the community? Like, did you just show up to an organization and say, hey, I'm kind of wanting to do this kind of activity. You know, it's a drumming circle. This is why I want to do it. Or mm-hmm. did you already know people and start networking? You know, what, how did you get started in those other areas outside of your traditional role at the school? I think I would say that the springboard for how things have grown really started from the community drum circle that I was doing monthly at, uh, mm-hmm. at a music store. I went to the to the music store and had an and, and I spoke with the manager there and said I had an idea I wanted to do a drum circles there, and he was for it. He was supportive, and so um, I think once that started to grow, um, it really went through. I think it really went through word of mouth. You know, uh, mm-hmm. people just started to talk about it. Say, you know, this is this drum circle at this, you know, this place every month, this guy is doing it. And also um, I really, really tried to have a strong, uh, tried to keep up on, on um, Facebook, trying to just get, get myself out, out there, trying to let others know what I'm doing. Um, so, it, but to me, I think that it's re- it really has grown through either, either people that I have, I have known or through word of mouth and it, and it just took, took off. So I know getting started can be just like that big first step. I know I always feel a little uncomfortable contacting people, but I think it helps to kind of start slowly and gain interest through social media and stuff like that. So when you got started, did you have like a mentor or anybody who gave you like pointers or tips on hand drumming? Or did you kind of blaze your own trail when you were adding group drumming to your practice? Right. I, I, um, number one, you, YouTube was a great, great resource. So I could say that you, YouTube was definitely one of my mentors, (laughs) um, (laughs) learning through others. I also, um, started buying, um, um, DVDs as well, you know, from others. And um, uh, that's, and like how I said, uh, uh, about some DVDs and on how to do it. And I also, like how I said at first, I also went to the health rhythms tra- training. Um, and so that helped me too. So yes, I'm always learning, even though I've been doing this for, oh, 12, this I guess this December it'll be twelve years with the drumming. Um, it's um, the learning process is always there. There's always something new to learn from some place from someone, you know. So even when I um, when I started with the initial program, 
the rhythmic arts project, um, their, their curriculum came with a, a DVD as well. So, you know, it was, it was just not a, uh, just, you know, have to read, you know, I actually got to see things in action. So that's what really, really helped, helped me out. So this might be kind of a personal question, but I think it's important for other occupational therapists, you know, interested in uh, doing group drumming activities. Uh, do you get reimbursed for these services that you do? Like, for example, while you're at school, can you uh, charge for those services or in the community? Is it mostly volunteer work? What does that kind of look like for you? Okay, so I don't do the drumming as much in school. I do do it, but not not, not as much. But um, organizations they usually they pay me out of out of pocket, so I don't have to mess with insurance or anything. They now the or, the org, organization may have a grant, you know, but I don't deal with any any of that. I just. Um, just let them know what, what my fee is or we can work something out and then they they pay me straight. So I've been, um, so I'm glad for that because I do not want to mess with in insurance and, and all of that. So um, that that's how that has worked. But I also, I do also do um, free, f- free drumming as well because I, one, one of the things that I've learned and one, one of the things that I, be- I believe in is that is that um, you always give give back without expecting, you know? Um, I've been blessed. I'm I'm paid for what I do. Um, some sometimes I will do it at a reduced fee, um, and there are times when I will do it for 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 free, because um, like how I said, we should give give back, and I always expect something in return. So I think that that's also a way that we can serve others. A great philosophy. I like that. It sounds like you mostly do group settings with the drumming, but could it also be used in an individual OT setting? Oh yeah, I mean, even though my focus is is on groups because of, especially because of the social aspect of it, you you can use use them one on one, depend depending on the context and what you're trying to work, work on. I've, I remember one, one time when I was, uh, I was in a life skills classroom and there was a student in there and I don't know if she had a bad night before, she wasn't feeling well, she was having some reaction to her meds, I'm not sure, but she just would not stop crying and she was crying and crying and crying and the staff didn't know what to do. So what I did is I got the bongo drum and I sat next to her on the floor and I just lightly played on the drum, sat with her. She calmed down and she fell asleep. So it definitely can be used one-on-one as, as depending on what you're trying to work, to work on. So for her, it helped to calm, calm her down where she, she fell asleep right in front, in front of me. Yeah, one of my uh, clinical rotations was actually in outpatient pediatrics. And I think like most outpatient clinics, you know, they have a little basic drum that you can play. Um, And, you know, we would just kind of play the drum and sing a nursery rhyme or one of their favorite songs they would want to play. But now I'm I'm curious, you know, like if I were to explore more, um, 
you know, how could I make it more meaningful and apply it more in an individual setting? Because, you know, we did try to incorporate things like, okay, this individual is having difficulty crossing midline and they like the drums and let's play it. But, um, you know, just looking back on that, I know that for a few of our clients, you know, the drum was really it, you know, like you couldn't have a session with them without playing the drums. So right. <laughs> that's like right. my closest experience to it. Uh-huh. And um, really, it was great. And I mean, it would just kind of get the session, you know, moving and going even just, you know, on a one on one type setting. So I, I think that's great that, you know, you've been able to use it in, a, in an individual setting um, as you have as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as equipment goes, you said that, you know, you use drums and like bongos, but um, also shakers. Are there any other types of equipment that you typically use? Well, um, for me, of course, I've been buying and and I've gotten drums uh, for the last, you know, how many years. So I have a lot. So like the type of drums that I use, like uh, I use, I might use different types of drums. Some of them are flat, um, they're called sound, sound shapes. Uh, uh, and then the, the, the West African type drums called jeb, jeb, uh, jembes, those. Um, the, the bongos, even, even though I have them, I, I don't use those a, a lot. It, 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 it depends on where I'm at. And at, at first I did, but now I don't really use those a lot. Um, but you don't have to use, um, because one of the concerns or questions that somebody may have is that, you know, well, I, I don't have the funds for, for, for this kind of, uh, of stuff, you know, and, and the way I would address that is that, you know, you don't, you don't have to actually go out and start just, just buying all this stuff and you can actually use household homemade items. You know, you can use a box, a bucket, a pan, a container, Maybe you, you know, f- uh, fill something up with uh, with uh, dried rice or dried be- beans or beads, you know. So uh, so that and you can have just as much uh, uh, fun with with that, you know, instead of feeling that you have to go out and and ha- have this huge, huge expense buying the, these drums. You, you know, so you can use basically anything, but the kinds that I use are, are more of the. Uh, uh, small djembe type drums, uh, shakers, and um, flat drums called um, sound shapes. So for my project, I was lucky enough to get a grant to get um, a bunch of the mini djembes. But I also had some struggles with COVID. Some of my classes have had to be online. So do you ever encourage anyone to create an instrument? Or... What what I have what I have been doing since the last time I have drummed with a live group in person was probably in the beginning of March. So this whole Zoom thing was new to me. Uh, so I encourage them to if they can use people can use pe- pencils on a desk, their hands on a desk. They can use a spatula and a container. You know, they could just use whatever they want to use at home. And and that's how we've, ma- we've made it work. I'm curious if you've created a resource that you're able to kind of send off to your participants, um, you know, with ideas of how to create a musical instrument or different ways. Yeah, to you're the second. Like, for, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't ha- I don't have an actual one. I did 
there was one that I put together years ago. I don't know where it's at. It's when I work for uh, with Head Start. But for something like this, it's um, if you really look look up, you know, uh, do it yourself shaker, do it yourself drum, either on YouTube or pin Pinterest, uh, you will get a lot of ideas there. But I no longer have that one that I put together. I don't know where where it is anymore. That was years ago. <laughs> uh, but like how, but like how I said, YouTube, pin, Pinterest, look up, do it, do it yourself, drum, percussion, shaker, and they have one wonderful, um, easy ideas there. Like one of the things that I I've done is that I you could use a a, a coffee can, you know, and mm-hmm. I. I decorated it with a lot of foam shapes on the outside, you know, and then so, so <laughs> yeah. So and there, and there you go. You have your uh, a simple um, drum that you made yourself that you can call your own. That's colorful with shapes on foam shapes on the outside. I made uh, my own um, uh, shape, uh, a large sh- shaker. I put be- beads in it. I put. Um, uh, pom-poms in it and I just put more foams on the outside of it of different shapes of I, th- I think I think the um, the theme was more like a water um, a water theme I think is what I did I did the o- the, o- um, the ocean so you know I think it has like do- dolphins or something on the outside I don't know but again you know you can just make make your own and ha- have have a good time and and um and just um, say, hey, look, th- th- this is what I made. So you have a feeling of uh, a- accomplishment there as well. So, George, what have you found to be the most challenging aspect of facilitating drumming groups? Has it been, you know, getting started with the program, uh, the outreach to the communities, or just the actual implementation of sessions? Well, I think one of the biggest cha- challenges that I always have to be aware of is, is um um, once I started uh, the group to, to keep the group, whether it's those with the community or those with um, special needs, is is keep keeping the flow going, keeping it going so mm-hmm. that uh, participants do not lose interest, you know, because, you know, playing the same thing over and over again, you can, it can get pretty, you know, after a while you're like, Okay, already, you know, let's do something else, <laughs> you know. So it's yeah. just trying, trying to keep that um, in in your mind as you're playing, and you have to watch the group. You got to see, okay, what's their response? You know, do they look like they're getting bored? Do they look like, you know, maybe now's a good tra- a, a transition time? Do something else? Do an ac- activity? So it's always um, trying to look forward ahead to make sure that um, you can keep them engaged and keep the interest and keep the, um, the flow and the rhythm going, you know. How long are your sessions typically? Like, I would say okay. usually, um, like I do one, like, well, especially, especially now on Zoom, 30 minutes, I think it's good okay. amount of time. And then live, when I'm doing it in groups, um, I'd, I've done it up to like an hour and a half, but even within that amount of time, I like to take short breaks because most people cannot play no hour and a half or straight. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, uh, that's nuts. So um, yeah, so it it can um, 
you know, it can fluctuate maybe when, when I'm doing something in a in one of the schools with a classroom if they ask me may, maybe it could be 20 minutes you know so um, right you know uh, okay yeah I found that it also just depends on how many kids you have too because I've had some really small groups you know due to COVID a lot of things are really cut down numbers wise. So if you only have like two to four people, it yeah. tends to be a, a little shorter. <laughs> a little shorter. And I'm changing things around fast. Like, okay, we're yes. going to do this next. We're going to do that next. We're going to do this game. We're going to do that, you know, and so forth. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We've been rapid fire through games and activities exactly. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So going off of that, what have been some of your favorite experiences while leading drumming groups? My favorite experience is when I'm playing with the young ones and we're jamming out. And then when I say four, three, two, one, stop, and they all stop together at the same time. I love it mm-hmm. because they, mm-hmm. that shows their focus, they're into it, they got it. And then I go, and then I'll go one, two, back to the groove, and then they all come back in. So I, I just love the attention and the focus that they give to that uh, when with the young young ones. That's probably what I really really, really like. Uh, uh, one of the things I like the most, and all, also when when uh, I like it when um, um, when some of the participants may they may get up get up and start to just dance on their own. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That usually happens more with. Um, my uh, uh, my Down syndrome pop population, I would say, yeah. they they love to dance. They just yes. get up there. They just get up there. We're jamming out, and they just go and having fun doing their thing. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, honestly, like drumming has never really been a thing for me. I mm-hmm. I honestly can barely read music I really should just say I can't read music but it just sounds like so much fun you know and so I'm wondering does an OT really need to have a musical experience in order to facilitate you know a program like this yeah that I think is an excellent and a very important uh, question if you go on my website there is a um which is tamborhythms.com um I have a tab, um, music and occupational ther- therapy. And there's an article that it's, it's an old, older one. And I think it's, it's coming from a, um, from a, AJOT, the American journal of occupational therapy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's coming from the British, uh, basic, uh, it's called basic music groups for the unmusical music occupational therapist. It's um, from 1968, and it's from the British Journal of Occupational Therapy. And to be honest with you, um, to answer your question, you do not have to be a musician to be Mm -hmm. able to incorporate it. The only thing I would say, you just have to have a basic sense of timing, you know, like, you know, just knowing a basic sense, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, you know, just a basic sense. And I found that at, at... Actually, not being a musician can actually be a strength rather, well, than, a, rather than a hindrance, you see, because I'm a musician and that can work against me sometimes. Because when people see me play, 
they like, I can't do that. You, you know what I'm trying, I'm saying? So it's, sure. it's, it's, a, it's just so, that I, and then the intimidation factor is there, which I have to be careful and I have to be able to play in such, such a way that everyone can enjoy it and everyone can get into it. Now, when you are on, when you're, if you call yourself an unmusical therapist, that can actually be a strength because then if your client is not one, you see you and your client, you're working from the same foundation together. You know, they know that you're not a, a musician. You know that they're not one. So that comfort level might be even better at that time. Oh, wow. I love that. And really, yeah. I think you're right. Like it could serve as a strength because I think it'd be easier to kind of tap into your therapeutic use of self as far as, you know, doubt or hesitance to, to try it, you know, and to maybe look silly or make mistakes. And I right. think that, you right, know, because... you, you really could tap into it a little more in a sense. Yeah, because your client can say, hey, my, my therapist is like me. She's learning like, like me. She doesn't know how to, she's not a, mu a musician, but we're doing this together and she's learning along with me. I feel comfortable. If she makes a mistake, you know, we can laugh, we can laugh, laugh it off. If I make a mistake, it's no big deal. You, you know, whereas I find that that at times could, because of my background, that could work against me, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe there's hope for me yet then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you I for think offering that perspective, you know, because yeah. I wouldn't have thought it could be a strength really. Uh, but, but yeah, that's really great and encouraging really. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any advice for someone who just really has no idea where to start and they're an OT and they want to start facilitating group drumming? What would you um, tell them like on how to get started? Okay, so I would say if possible, I know right now it's not, but um, when possible, try to find yourself a community drum circle in your area where you live and try to be part of that. Try to go and be a participant and just kind of get to know the dynamics of it, how, how it flows, just have a good time. Um, so that, that's one way I, I, I would start. De definitely use YouTube as a, re a resource. You can learn so much up off of it. Um, I per I personally, like how I said, I bought um, there. I bought some D some DVDs on it. You can buy DVDs, um, and I can give you the names of, of them if if you want. Uh, yeah, sure, that'd be uh, great. Yeah, like uh, me, what the DVDs? Uh, a few, a few of them that I have is one is called "Community Drumming for Health and ha Happiness," and that's by Jim Greiner. Um, there's an, another DVD called "The Art and Heart of Drum Circles," uh, and that's by Christine Stevens. She's one, also one of the trainers that trained me in health ry rhythms, and also um, uh, an excellent resource is through a man named Arthur Hall. Uh, he has um, uh, books and D D DVDs, and one of his DVDs is called Germ Circle Facilitation: Building Community Through R Rhythm." So there's, um, so yeah, there's definitely re resources out there. But you know, the the best thing to to do is to um, when things start to slow down with uh, this pandemic that we have, to really try to find yourself a, a local group. And it 
doesn't have to be a big one, just one to be a par part of so you can be engaged and feel and see and experience what it's like to be part of that. So you've mentioned a bunch of really great resources, but have you by chance come across anything that is OT specific with drumming? Uh, since it is so unconventional, I'm just curious if there's like any continuing education courses or competency trainings that you've been able to find. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, when it comes to, I know that this might sound weird, but when it comes to like OT specific, um, as far as I know, I think I'm the only one training OTs. Um, mm -hmm. I don't um I don't know of any OTs out there that are actually training in drumming. Um, so I may be completely wrong, but I'm just saying that, that as, <laughs> as far as I know, if you're looking straight for an OOT, um, that's one of the things that I just recently started doing on um, through, through Zoom. Um, but um, if you were looking into some research-based drumming, um, you can look into Health Rhythms Group Empowerment Drumming by Remo, they offer, um, I think they offer trainings four times a year throughout the United States, okay? Um, another research-based one is, um, it's called Beat the Odds, and that's through UCLA. Off the top of my head, I don't know of any OT-specific ones though, but I was fortunate in, in, enough, and I think any OT practice, practitioner will be fortunate enough, unless they've changed, but you can actually buy the curriculum, which includes the book uh, and the DVD from Beat the Odds, without having to attend their training, as long as you can prove that you're like a, an OT or a therapist of some, some type. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also, yeah. um, when I ordered the Rhythmic Arts Project, I don't think I had to go through their training. Uh, I, I could just buy the cur curriculum because I was already an OT. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I, I personally couldn't find any OT-specific right. trainings or right. things like that either. But I was just curious, you know, if you'd come across it. Because I know it's not very common. Right. Um, but you know, it'd be nice to have those kind of resources available. Right. Perhaps right. you should consider creating one for, for the OT world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no I, <laughs> I've just, uh, I have, um, like I said, this is something new for me now. Um, I'm starting on um, um, with Zoom, trying to get com comfortable with that and trying to teach others through that. So that is def definitely something on my mind. Right. Uh, one step yeah. at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I know I participated in the Zoom training, and that was super helpful for me. So I know that could be really helpful for other OTs looking to get into it as well. Right. And you also have a website and a YouTube channel, correct, that you uh -huh. created to help other OTs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how to access them? Yeah, so if you go to um, tamborhythms.com, okay, um, there are really, let me see here. So there, there's a tab, um, music and occupational therapy, if you want to know more specifics with that. And that just talks about music and o OT and not just only drumming. Um, now, but there is um, 
on that page, I think there are two good resources for others who are in, interested. There's a PowerPoint there that is called M Music as a Therapeutic Medium for Occupational Eng Engagement. And that PowerPoint talks more about the um, difference between music therapy and o OT. And there's also another, there's a PDF there that's called the Therapeutic Uses of Music in Daily fu Functioning. So do you personally have like a, um, do you have like Twitter, Instagram, any of that other kind of social media stuff that you also use those platforms? I, I have fa uh, fa Facebook is, is Tambo Rhythms. Mm -hmm. um, and I would, and, I, and, and Instagram is at tam Tambo Rhythms. Okay. I do. I do have a Twitter at Tambo Rhythms, but I, I don't use that as as much. But fa Facebook, sure. the the Tambo Rhythms group, and um, and then then on in Instagram as well. Okay. Um. So overall, what are your hopes for your business or for group drumming application in OT in the future? You know, like what what do you hope to see happen or or um, grow from your experiences? Well, I would wait. One of the one of the things is is I would like to see more o, OT practitioners. Um, I, I, I would like to see them think more outside the 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 box. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think that um, within our field, I th I think that the the limitations are few in our field. I think are there the the ones that we we limit. I think like how you had said at first. You know, we have such a broad, broad scope of things that we can work, work on um, that uh, it, it would be nice to see other o OTs. And, and I do know of an, another OT and I believe she has like summer, old, summer drumming camps, I think. Um, and so I, I do like to see, uh, I, I would like to see them think more outside of the, the box in, in regards to incorporating um, and um, I, I, I would like to see um, drumming used also as a um, uh, and I don't know if it's being done so I can't say anything for sure but also as a as a mental health tool you know uh, men mental health is very near and dear to me because I I suffer with a, with a mental illness, so I would like to see it more uh, used more in that uh, that capacity. And um, hope, hopefully, too. My my hope is to hopefully train be be, be able to um, now that we have this Zoom platform, be be able to train more more pr practitioners in the use of um, the dr the drumming as well. Yeah. So actually, my biggest interest um within ot are mental health and community-based settings mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm interested so like let's say i make the dream happen and i'm out there being a mental health ot and i haven't really had the time to uh, build the skill set to run my own group and i'm not so sure about it yet are you available to other therapists to kind of tap in and, and do zoom type meetings for you know a session or is that not really something yes. you'd be yeah. oh, interested yes. in doing? yes i am for sure um i i um 
I'm I'm excited I'm excited on where this can can go with other o, OTs, you know, and and uh, trying to um, help them in in in, in, in whatever way they need help, you, you know, trying to help them if this is something that they really really want to look in, into. I did a um, I did a jump circle for a um, a bipolar and depression su- support group. Uh, and one of the the things that I've, the, the feedback that I got from from them um, from one of them was was um, was was great because she um, they they had said you know that they really enjoyed mixing the drumming together with shakers even if they were not a, experienced um, it helped take my mind off my anxiety and obsessive obsessive thinking it, it was sure. it, it, it was fun for them. So you know, I really, really like the fact that the drumming can help people. Um, it, it 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 puts you in the present time. It, it puts you in the here and now. You know, when, when you drum, you know, it's kind of like you just go into the, your 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 own world with with a, with the group, and you can just it it puts you in the present moment for you to enjoy that particular time. So I, I was really glad um, that they had a good good experience with that. Yeah. So yeah, that that is near and dear to my heart as well. Like how I said. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd also like to get into um, some mental health, like group drumming <clears throat> circles too. I mean, personally, when I even like lead this circle, even with just like a couple kids, like my anxiety level just like goes way down it really does like the rhythm just like calms you down and like you're really only thinking about the group and it just it even is helpful for me yes and I have read some articles that do support the evidence for um improvement of mental health through group drumming so that's awesome too yeah so kind of yeah so kind of going off of that um when I was conducting the literature for my capstone project I found the the research is very limited for both OT and group drumming together. There is a decent amount of research for um, group drumming kind of across multiple professions, but really only three to four that specifically address both. Um, have you um, considered taking part in original research at all? I act actually, um, I used to work with a licensed specialist in school psychology. Um, and she actually went to get her PhD and okay. I actually was a facilitator for her, for her dissertation. Um, the name of the dissertation is called um, uh, Examining Joint Attention and Its F- Effect on Skill Acquisition in Children with Autism Using a Group Drumming Therapy Approach. And that was back in 2011 by Kristen O'Donnell. So I did, um, that's the, now that has not been, that has not been published though. That was just for her, for her dissertation. Yeah. So, um, so far, and we have talked about doing some, some more stuff too, regarding that things just haven't worked out because of timing and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think just creating more evidence for it would really help us advocate for group drumming Mm -hmm. because we could pull out the research and be like look it helps with this it helps with this like kind of advocate for funding and um kind of make us an avenue so i kind of hope 
for myself to take part in that in the future. It's kind of a long-term goal for me, but I think that would be a, a good next step for me. <laughs> right, right. There was, um, if you go back on the, uh, on my webpage on the music and occupational therapy tab, I, there are some um, abstracts on some research that has been done by OT specifically on drumming. I don't know mm -hmm. if you are, and you might be aware of this already. Like one of them is uh, the immediate effect of African drumming on the mental well-being of adults with mood disorders. But this, mm -hmm. yeah, I've read that one. Yeah, so you you know, um, you know, so there, there is some out out there. You know, I don't know. It seems like what I have found um, regarding OT hasn't really been U.S. based, though. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I find that that's kind of typical with unconventional areas yeah. uh, so far. Yeah. You know, even looking at things like forensic OT or uh, OT with human trafficking, um, yeah. just in, in a lot of those types of non traditional areas, it seems like a lot more is being done internationally um, than here in the US. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, George, I think that's all the questions we really had for you today. Um, we really appreciate you sharing your insight and your experiences with us. Um, you know, I learned, I enjoyed learning about this area. You know, it's, it's an interesting practice of OT that I hadn't really considered before. And I think that you're doing a great, a great thing for your participants and for your community as a whole, you know, in doing volunteer work mm -hmm. and really just trying to give back and, um, you know, elicit change in your participants' lives in ways that are less medical mm -hmm. and just more fun, you know, and I think, you know, fun is at the heart of OT. So I, I really think it's a cool thing. Uh, do you have any questions for us? Uh, no, you are, now you're both are going to uh, graduate in 2021, right? Is that, is that uh, we graduate in August, actually. So really oh. soon. Oh, that's yeah. cool. All right. Uh -huh. Yeah, awesome. one more month. <laughs> wow. Excited, can you tell? <laughs> that is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, great. No, I, well, I am. Um, no, I'm. I'm just pleased. Pleased that, that you all have this po podcast because it's like like how I said it's it it's a great way to um it's a resource and a great way to uh, encourage those in the field you know to think outside the the box you know so that I, I think you all are doing good on that. So, um, but I would love, I, one, one of the things I would love is uh, if, if e either one, well, if either one of you are ever able to send me a clip of you all doing a drum session, I would love to see that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that yes. one to Kate for now. <laughs> no, I can definitely Kate, do that. Yeah, Kate, Kate has to do it. She knows she does. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We talked about that already. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm just working on having it set up. So I like understand spaces aren't in it. I, I understand that that that'll make my my day. I would just I would just love love to see it. You know, so that, that yeah, well, I'll get that sent your way. <laughs> For yeah. part of my um, capstone project, in addition to the podcast, I'm creating a website, which is really the main piece of um, non-traditional areas of OT. So in that, I invited Kate to include her information on drumming and hoping to put your information on there. That way, you know, if anybody's 
searching the internet, trying to find somebody who knows how to do drumming within OT, you know, they can find you. Um, so on there, we'll also post some of Kate's videos. Um, so we'll definitely send you the link for that. It's just the same as the podcast, you know, unconventionalot.com. It's still okay. in process, but um, we'll definitely be putting that out there so you can check it out. Okay. And hopefully we'll find other people as well that are practicing and that we could put that on there. Um, and maybe, you know, you guys could connect because I think that's so important, you know, networking, especially in non-traditional areas so that we can help each other, share resources, share research, you know, just kind of help each other because it's yeah. so challenging to do something new, you know, sure. and uh, sure. just share those ideas. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, before you go, would you be open to playing a small sample of your drumming that you might do within a group setting? Okay, but can I also ask that you all play along too? Yeah, sure. I gotta grab my drum. Okay, <laughs> or play along on on the tape on the table or where whatever you got. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do my hands on a table here. That, that, that's <laughs> fine. Okay, so I'll, this is this is more or less a basic one that I might do. Um, so, uh, can, can you hear my drum? Yep, we can yep. hear it. Okay, good. So I'm going to play my drum. Okay. And when I say go, I want everybody to come on in and you just start playing when I say go. Okay. One, two, one, two, everybody go. having me. <laughs> of course. So All right. Take, take care of yourself.